The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Episode 80 of The Awakened Soul. We've made it 80 episodes. Well, that's just the number of episodes. If you count in the special episodes, I believe we're around 85 episodes, probably a little bit more than that total of The Awakened Soul. But nonetheless, I'm your host, CEO Hayes. We can start this show off by uh, trying to get better at plugging all the social media stuff. So you can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. You can follow The Awakened Soul Pod at the Awaken Soul Pod, or just at Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what social media platform you're looking for. So, on as well as make sure you search out the Awaken Soul Podcast discussion group, where we try to have a lot of discussions similar to what we have on the podcast. Maybe some of the same, maybe some different. I'm gonna try to try to get some life back into that uh, that Facebook page. We were pretty lively there at first, and then because of me, kind of died off a little bit. Um, <laughs> Just because of how busy I am. We'll also probably start a Breaks Media page as well. So you can connect with all the podcasts of the Breaks Media group. But nonetheless, enough business. <laughs> We're here for the 80th episode of The Awakened Soul. We have John and Jackie in the building uh, for just a fun discussion. After how serious last week's episode was with the white privilege discussion. Kind of wanted to add some levity in. And we had a great discussion. It turned into a pretty good discussion about R&B music and some other things, but it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, I want to thank both of them for showing up. We also have Shanice is back. Uh, Scoop Grady is back as well. So we have the full Awakened Soul team on board this week. We kill it. I love it when we're, don't get me wrong. When there's a, a one cog in the machine uh, gone, we can, we can still produce pretty amazing shows, but it's always great when we have all three um, of, of the heads of the Awakened Soul kind of back in, on board and uh, running that machine as good as we can because nobody, nobody does it like us. That's period, point blank. So, I mean, that's it. That's enough. We're going to go ahead and get into the intro music. We're going to come on the other side of that on the In the Mind of Hayes segment, which is where I just get a lot of stuff off my chest, <laughs> usually something related to the uh, some news or something going on. So I'm going to go ahead and take our first musical break for our intro music, and then I'll catch you guys on the other side of that with the In the Mind of Hayes segment. So the first couple of topics that we're going to, well, the first, the only topics we're going to really discuss in the Mind of Hayes segment this week are music related. I know we typically try to save that for the Breaks Radio. Um, anyone who's interested in great hip hop discussion, make sure you go check out the Breaks Radio for me and my brother Johnny from Oversaturated. We really um, review it. It seems like we review a new album every single week. Uh, but coming away from that. Uh, the, so the first one, Kanye West on Twitter. And I'm not going to say a lot about this or Kanye West, because um, you guys know I'm not really discussing Kanye anymore, um, specifically the his political leanings and his support of Donald Trump. I, I wasn't going to talk about that anymore. But the interesting thing is, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to reach out to Bill Ray Valentine because I think we can have a great discussion, kind of how all this happened. But in even in his rant, he mentioned how he has had handlers. Uh, throughout everything and he doesn't have handlers anymore and it immediately brought me back to a conversation on the infinite fringe i don't have the exact episode so i apologize but in which he talked about programming and how it seemed like kanye was trying to break out of any programming that he had 
previously been under. And these Twitter rants, while they seem incoherent, while it's easy to sit there and say, oh, he's having another mental episode and people, let's not make fun of mental health issues, of serious mental health issues. But nonetheless, um, I think this is could be looked at as a cry for help. It could be looked at as something going on. Like I said, uh, it can be looked at as a mental break, but whatever it is, it's something going on there. And we're going to continue to watch it. Um, it, It's, it's just, it's been really, I don't want to use the word crazy. It's just been really wild just to see um, everything and how it's happening with Kanye and unfolding. And it's really just, it's just wowing. Um, He's, he tweeted about Travis Scott and Drake on sickle mode and saying that, there were shots thrown his way on thrown his way there and he's had problems with it. Travis Scott uh, came to his house apparently and they met and hash. Like it's just a lot of stuff and there's a lot to get into. But what I wanted to personally just spin out from this is that let's, let's not make fun of mental health right off the bat. Let's not do that. Um, and whatever, regardless of the slavery comments, regardless of the Trump support, just look at look. Just take a step back and look at this. If this doesn't seem like maybe a cry for help, I don't know what is. Now, if you decide to care or not, that's completely up to you. No judgment here either way. I'm still trying to form my own opinions on it. Um, but we're we'll, we'll, we're gonna pick this up again next week. Definitely, probably talk about it a little more in depth. Like I said, hopefully I can have Billy Ray Valentine on. But we're gonna go ahead. And we're gonna we're gonna get into the next subject, which. This one is is one that I'm going to have a lot more to say about. So I'm going to actually play a clip for you first, and then we're going to get into the discussion after this clip. Look, man, at this point, it's a pleasure to meet you, man. Um, you know, looking at all your, your cases and everything you've been through, and I know the recent one right now is very sensitive. And with respect to, you know, everybody involved in that case, you know, we can't get into details today. Um, but, you know, we take sexual assault here serious, and we can't, you know, uh, get into details, but we hope, you know, to have you back so we can have a, a deeper conversation about that because, you know, this is a serious topic and we're hearing these stories a lot. Um, one thing we were talking about on the show today that for some reason I just have a hunch that you would care about is the idea that landing on the moon was a conspiracy. Kodak, do you believe that our moon landing in 1969 actually took place? What the fuck y'all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you seem upset that I brought it up. I feel like <clears throat> sometimes when niggas like we going through shit, like y'all be entertained by bullshit. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So it's like change the subject or I'm finna walk out. We'll change which subject? Just whatever, like. Well, no, they the, tried to change the subject. They was talking about the moon landing. That's bullshit, too. So uh-huh. talk about something else. Well, I was saying, I, I think... We I don't th- have to talk about nothing else. We could be done right here. All right, I'm gone. Say less. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, I don't know. I don't, people don't tell me what to talk about on my show. Huh? All right, so what we heard there is <laughs> Ebro asking Kodak Black um, about his sexual charge. Um, And I know I just played the audio, but if you haven't watched the video, you definitely want to um, because you can visibly see his body language change and watch the full interview. You know, I hate it when these clips go viral and people only watch the one clip and don't watch the full interview. Um, And it's crazy because during they've had, they had a great discussion before this um, talking about, um, Bodak Yellow, how that spun out from him, how he owned part of the song, um, it, just his come up, the artist he signed. I also had a conversation that pissed me off hip hop wise on uh, Kodak Black not knowing who Bushwick Bill is versus ODB. That's just the hip hop head in me. You heard me rant about that on the Breaks Radio, but nonetheless, um, you know, this. so this clip came out. Of course, it went viral. You heard everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of social media outcry that Ebro was wrong and he shouldn't have did that. Listen, when you're in the realm of media, when you're in the realm of being interviewed, you need to be prepared for everything. And Kodak Black really came off as not only sensitive, unintelligent, and stupid as fuck in this interview over the course of it, if you just watch the full interview. But let's let's even take a step back from that. Let's 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 say if if his people or him would have prepared, 
anytime an artist has an interview, keep in mind I've interviewed artists, you're giving a list usually of things that they don't want to touch on. If that wasn't in that packet, so be it. It's up for discussion. When you come on something and something so public and so serious as sexual assault, that could have been a chance for him to talk about what he's come from, what he's learned from it, what the situation was and help someone else. But to sit there and be so upset by it. And that's fine. Let me not say it's it's okay to be upset. It's okay to say, you know what? Because of everything going on, I really don't want to touch on it. It can be used against me. It's an open case. That's fine. Say that. Have the discussion. Put a pin in it. But to but to get so visibly upset that you walk out on the interview and your whole everything changes into an interview that that was pretty good up until that point. Then he, he then he went forward to have an interview in the Breakfast Club that was nothing but a soft ass interview um, talking about his girl. And I mean, he, he talked about some some deep stuff there, too. Well, not really deep, but some other topics there, too. But it was pretty much a lame duck interview. For me personally, like I like doing on The Awakening, so I like hearing, I like getting into those deep discussions. Again, if he wasn't ready to talk about it, Ebro even prefaced it by saying, you know, they can't really get into the details because of where the case is. But Kodak could have came out and just said, you know what, just could have said that, said that he doesn't, you know, support anything with sexual assault. Have have a conversation. But, you know, the the, the let's let's take off the Kodak because Kodak reacted the way he did. But you idiots on social media who then go on and want to kill. This is why media and this is why the interviews and everything becomes so PC because everybody because it's, it's their artist, because they have a, a like of the artist want they they want want don't want to call them out on things they don't want to hold them accountable it's always the other side's fault and it it's silly ebro is is in media he's been doing this for a very long time and you do ask those those topics he handled that perfectly there's no other way he should have handled it anyone else who thinks different i don't understand it we can have a discussion about it if you want to but no it 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 Ebro was not wrong at all for the way he handled that. Now, if he came out the gate firing and everyone's acting like he just came out calling him a, a rapist or whatever, he did not. Now, if he would have did that, he would have been completely out of line, completely out of line. But he handled it very tastefully, extremely tastefully. But there's something else in the court. Well, there's something else in this story that I want to talk about. We're going to get into another clip and I'm going to come back after that. Man, what's up with you police ass niggas? Let me tell you radio niggas something. Y'all getting out of line. Ebro, you disrespected a homie. You tried a young nigga. Kodak, my little nigga, nigga. If nobody ain't gonna step up, nigga, I'm gonna step up, nigga. I won't, I won't smoke, nigga. You get on the radio, you supposed to be an older nigga. You supposed to be a nigga that's supposed to lead these niggas not into temptation. You supposed to get these niggas and put them under your wing and teach them the right from wrong. But your bitch ass, you trying to be a fake ass Charlemagne. There's only one Charlemagne to God, pussy. Keep Kodak name out your mouth and stop bringing up shit you know the little homie cannot talk about on the radio, bitch ass nigga. And watch your motherfucking mouth. You don't disrespect no nigga from around my way, nigga, unless you won't smoke. Matter of fact, I won't smoke, bitch ass nigga. That go for Ebro and anybody who don't motherfucking like it, nigga. Fire. <sighs> First, there's so much wrong with that with that clip in that video. Um, First trick that he says he wants smoke. It really doesn't look like he could handle uh, any type of smoke at all. Like if you puffed a cigarette in his face, he may just pass out and go into cardiac arrest. Um, but to sit up here and just to, to go right into your police ass nigga for having an interview. Like, come on, Trick Daddy. And the thing is that it, it makes a lot of sense now to why he says he says Kodak is his his little nigga. You're stupid, too, Trick Daddy. That's why Kodak is such a fucking idiot. Like, it, it doesn't make it's so Oh my God, there's so much fuckery in that just goddamn 50 second clip. It's ridiculous. Like, first of all, it's an interview. Unless something has been previously discussed that is not on the table, it's all on the table. Secondly, he sp Ebro spoke on the fact that it was an open case. They weren't going to get all the way into it. Thirdly, to sit here and say Kodak is little, Ebro's older, you're supposed to be teaching him. How can he teach him, Trick, if... Kodak can't even have the conversation. If he can't have the fortitude to sit there and have the conversation, these weak-minded, punk-ass people all the way around who can't handle shit, like, I, I, and Trick Daddy now, apparently he's he's 
conducting a full change in the Florida Evans, because that's exactly who he looks like in the, over the course of this video. Google it if you don't know. Um, but come on, we got we got to do better. And Trick Daddy really isn't anyone to talk about. It. He's made some of the worst business decisions over the course of his musical career than, than anyone. So I, I really don't understand. I, yeah, he had a couple of hits, but please, people, stay in your fucking lane. Um, and Trick Daddy, I, you really don't want any smoke. I, I mean, I would pay to see the interview. Like, I'd pay to see him come on uh, Ebro in the morning and, and have a discussion there. I would honestly love to see that, but I doubt it's going to happen because no one cares about Trick Daddy anymore. Um, glad that you stuck up for your guy. Hopefully, you can talk to him um, since apparently you haven't in there, but it's just a, a bunch of fuckery. And, you know, that's it. I, I think I've said my piece. I think I've gotten my thoughts off on that thank you for listening to the end of minor hey segment we're going to go ahead we're going to take a break we're going to get into the unpopular opinion from my sister shanice and i will see you guys after that hey y'all so this week's unpopular opinion is sort of based on what's going on in pop culture right now, but it relates to all of us in our individual lives. And that is breakups and, you know, how how it's best to go about a relationship once it ends. Of course, I am referencing Cardi B and Offset. Um, if you guys have been paying attention, Cardi B um, announced last week sometime that things have not been working out between her and her baby father. And, you know, it might take a while to get a divorce, but, you know, she's they're going through a lot right now and they're currently not together, says Cardi. <sighs> Since then, Offset has shown his ass. He has made a public service announcement via Instagram saying how much he was sorry and he wants to spend Christmas with his baby, um, meaning culture. And he just wants Cardi back in his life. And not as not that that wasn't like, OK, cool. Like you apologize. You did it on Instagram. Whatever. Right. Their whole relationship pretty much has been on Instagram. But most recently, when she was headlining Rolling Loud, first female artist to do so, historic moment, he decided to take his ass on the stage, create a whole scene with a little, like, Cardi, please take me back situation, and, you know, take away from her moment, and she was visibly upset by this. So that takes me to this week's unpopular opinion. Ladies and fellas, if someone breaks up with you, it is not okay to harass them. It is not okay to continuously reach out to them and show up at places that they are uninvited. It is not okay. I know some people are saying that shows he really cares and all that stuff. And no one's saying he doesn't care about getting Cardi back. I mean, my opinion is you probably shouldn't have cheated on her in the first place, but you know, no one's saying that he doesn't care, but it's the way you go about it. Like, you know, her family, you are her family, you know, like you could reach out that way. If she's telling you no, in a private sense, doesn't make it okay to reach out in a public sense. If she's blocking your calls, she obviously don't want you to show up on her fucking set. <laughs> rolling loud. Like that doesn't make sense. So this week's unpopular opinion is for those of you who have gotten broken up with or have broken up with people. It is not okay to harass them and continuously reach out. It's not, you can't bully people into listening to you or taking you back or especially when you're the run who's wrong, but it is not okay. It is not romantic. It is absolutely abusive of her emotions, of her personal space. It's low-key stalkerish. And like, it's not okay. So everybody out here who's saying Offset's so sweet and romantic is not okay. Also, the ones saying that Cardi's dumb or women who act like Cardi are dumb by saying like I understand you know I guys have fans and I love you guys but you know I'm not gonna tolerate any disrespect towards my kid's father um that makes perfect fucking sense like <laughs> we could be going through whatever we're going through but he's still the father of my child and there's still love for him it's just I'm not fucking with him right now like if more people would be more in tune with their emotions and be more honest with themselves they would see where she's coming from but I don't I don't see why that doesn't make sense. But all in all, the ones who get broken up with or the ones who do in the breaking up, it is never okay to stalk and harass and do these grand grandioso type things. It is never okay. Woo!
Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really wanna see is the money. I don't really need to be any the money. All a bad bitch need is the money. I got pants in the coop. Bustin' out the roof. I got pants in the coop. Touch me, I'll shoot. All right, that was Shanice with the unpopular opinion. Um, I'm not even gonna. You know, there's so much going to be so much discussion about Offset um, interrupting her performance that I'm not really going to talk about it. I'm going to more so focus on the fact that she was the first woman to headline the Rolling Loud um, and just the overall rise of her career. She has Grammy nominations like go like she her music is is being respected. When you look at where she's come from, from stripping to almost being at the height, the biggest pop star, the biggest what artists in the world, in in many cases, her rise is is to be respected. And anyone who who hates on Cardi because of where she started from or her personality or whatever, I've already said it's been well documented on the Berks Radio. I, all that's gone for me. Like I respect the music, I respect the artistry, I respect her performances. She always kills it and the rise. Like regardless of if you guys like it or not, Cardi B is going to be around for a long time. And it doesn't seem like she's stopping anytime, whether it's her team, whether you want to think it's her writer, whether you believe that she's writing her own music, whatever it is, it's, 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 they've created a machine there and a well-oiled one that is going to keep going. And uh, I respect it so much. I, I can't say enough how much I love to see where Cardi is, has gotten. And I'm not even like the music is cool. I, I thoroughly enjoyed her album. Um, and you know, there it goes. Let, let's let's take time out to acknowledge that rise and to acknowledge <laughs> just the hard work that goes into it. Like touring is not easy. She had a baby. She got married. All that's not easy to do while you're th- at the height, the pinnacle, probably of anything that you've done previously in your career. I don't want to say that she's at the height of where she'll ever be in her career yet, because who's to say that? But this is just, it's amazing. And hats off to Cardi for what she's been able to accomplish in 2018. I can't wait to see what comes from you in 2019, personally. Um, so that's just me. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into a commercial. On the other side of that, we are going to get into the petty news from the one and only Scoop Grady. You are now rocking with Socially Unacceptable Socially Unacceptable you are now rocking with socially unacceptable, socially unacceptable. Uh, that was hard. That was kind of dope. That was hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What up, everybody? We are back with another segment of the Petty News Report. I am Scoop Grady. Thank you all for listening. Let's get right into it. Kanye West is losing his damn mind once again on Twitter, y'all. Like, he asking Drake for an apology. I demand an apology out of you, Drake, for everything you did, all the disrespectful stuff. Kanye, shut up. All right, man, just shut up. Somebody get his phone. I'm sick of Kanye on social media, man. Kanye need to go back to not being woken. This is ridiculous. Kanye just can't get his head right. I mean, he took off running from TMZ. I don't know if y'all didn't see that, but Kanye West running from TMZ was probably the funniest thing I've seen all week. I didn't even see Kanye get in the truck. It happened so fast. And Kanye used to be a track star. That's what I got out of all that, because the way he took off, dude, he shouldn't have been a college dropout. He should have been on the track team. If you have beef with Drake, why don't you meet up with him? It ain't like you ain't got no money. Like, you can't travel to go to this man wherever, you know, he's at. I mean, Kanye, I'm just losing more and more respect for you, man. I just don't understand what the hell is going through that this stupid head of yours. Come on, Kanye. Man, you got to do better than this. Next. Offset crashes Cardi B's concert and asking for forgiveness and apologize to the world. Offset, dog, let it go, man. It's... I don't know if you have another chance, but you know, it's funny when people mess up, they figure they go on social media or they go in front of everybody and explain what happened. They can get forgiveness, but I don't think she's really going to give you another chance, but I don't think she forgive you. This happened too many times. Like Offset been in the papers of entertaining women multiple times. It's like, dog, you still mess. You still getting caught up with the same problem, bruh. I think you might need to move on, dog. Well, all these other chicks that, you know, that she was messing with, go get them. I think Offset was getting real comfortable thinking Cardi ain't gonna leave him and then hey, he messed up one too many times and then as you see now he's going all across the world 
crashing concerts. He in the shade room. Hey, yeah, man, I just want for my birthday. I just want Cardi to be here next to me. Nah, bro, it's over, dog. Let it go, man. Nick, this is breaking news. Sesame Street will introduce the show's first homeless muppet. What kind of shit is this? So apparently Oscar, the green thing that was in the trash can, wasn't homeless. Okay, I got it now. Wait a minute. The motherfucker live in a trash can. I thought he was already homeless. See, shit don't make sense. Like, that's why I don't look at cartoons no more. That's why I don't look at anything with kids because cartoons and stuff like that is so different these days. They try to, they just try to keep up with what's going on in the world. They just make a thing look stupid. Last time I heard about Sesame Streets, they had the first Muppet that had uh, an STD or something like that. It was just like, what, dude? Like, my son looking at me like, Daddy, STD. Like, yeah, it's a um, it's new action figure, son. Go play, man. Like, like, turn this off. This is ridiculous. Sesame Street, y'all need to just get put off the TV, man, for real. And last but not least, the petty question of the week. Do you think Cardi B should give Offset another chance? One more chance. Do you think she should give him a chance at it? What do y'all think? Please comment on Twitter, y'all. And that is all we have for the petty news. I am Scoop Grady. Thank you for listening. And y'all be cool and be safe out here. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legalize Podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. All right, so it's time to get into the main discussion topic today featuring John and Jackie from the John and Jackie show. John does almost as many podcasts as I do, um, which it's, <laughs> I, I thought I was the only one, uh, but shout out to them. So we're going to go ahead and we're gonna get into a, a musical break. On the other side of that, it's time for the main discussion. I will see you guys there. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I kind of hype this one up. But if you don't, you guys are in for a hell of a treat. Last week's episode was so deep. I really wanted to just have a fun conversation. So I brought two of the funnest people that I know in podcasting that I listen to. And that is John Salvatore himself and Jackie are in the building, stepping into the Waking Soul for the first time. What's going on? Thank you for having us. Yes. We are so appreciative. I'm always um, shocked and befuddled when... My peers reach out to me to collaborate. So I want to thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for having me because this is really my first invite. For real. No, are you? It's not, besides you, John. It's, no, it's not your first invite. What is it? Um, Curtis invited. Oh, also shit. This is actually our second my invite bad, together. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> anyway, this is my second invite. Well, I would not invite because you've been invited on the Drunken Nights a few times. Oh, I you pay attention? You've been on the Drunken Nights like three times. It's not their family, though. It's different. Okay. No, it's not. You've been invited on shows before. Well, I really wasn't invited. I kind of bogarted my way on the show. <sighs> okay. You know how well, I do. We, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> but thank you anyway, and I appreciate the kind words and the introduction. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. So, um, 
I guess first, before we even get into the convo, let, let's the discussion topics that we have. Let's break a little ice. So, how do you, how did you guys meet first? Jackie, would you like to? No, you can go ahead, love. Okay. Um. So, how we met? Um. All. Okay. So basically. I we were both listeners um of a of a podcast, the mm-hmm. Baby Boy podcast. Mm-hmm. Um Jackie and I have a mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Um I told her about the podcast and then she told Jackie about the podcast and we just were listening as listeners. And at this point when we were listening, I wasn't a podcaster, I was just a listener. So then I decided that I wanted to do a show. I started my show, The John Effect Podcast, and Jackie started listening to my show, and we just started chatting from SoundCloud, and then we started following each other on Twitter, and we just became fast friends, and my mentor, my OG, Drama Dupree, was like, you need to, you know, reboot the then pod panel mm-hmm. and he's like you need to reach out to Jackie to see if she will do um a reoccurring position or ask her does she want to be permanent and I asked her and she said yes and from there she's been through the majority of the iterations of the panel or the pod panel leading up to the pod panel or leading the to the panel mm-hmm. and then Jackie and John was spun off of that so mm-hmm. that's how we meet. Let fill us in if things are different. Okay, so yeah, um, mutual friend. Mm-hmm. But the mutual friend who introduced me to the Baby Boy podcast, she kept saying, "Yeah, my friend John, he's about to drop a podcast. I'm gonna let you know when John drops a podcast." Mm-hmm. I never put two and two together till a Shocker hot there. Shut up. <laughs> till a hot till way after. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is the same John that you're talking about?" She was like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh my god." So I was a little slow on that boat. Okay. <laughs> but we didn't meet till like what? Almost a year after? We didn't meet till like a year. Like we had been talking. Yeah. And it's crazy because we live in the same city. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're here. We're here. Instant chemistry. Right. Fast we, friends for life. We like pe- we peaches and herbs. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yin yang and all that stuff. Well, that's good. It's it's crazy how like um, (laughs) it's crazy how like uh, friendships are legitimately built through like podcasting and like you 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 hear so much of like the negative people arguing on Twitter and and social media. It's good to always be able to build connections. It's kind of like how me and Oversaturated built our show together is through liking each other's shows and retweeting and eventually it just everything else spun out of that so that's what's up yeah yeah don't don't get it twisted me and john have our moments though we've had we haven't had that many moments we've had a couple but they blow over we, they blow we only over. had one we had that one that we had one is like nigga but for the most part like it was nothing, but yeah, but we always talk it out, though. We always talk it out. I mean, there are some peers out there that I don't fuck with, yeah. that I might have used to fuck with. I don't fuck with you no more, but that's here and I'm there. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're we're yeah, we're gonna keep this positive. We're gonna keep this positive. Um, <laughs> I respect the hustle. I, I respect everybody's hustle. I want everybody to win. I was like, I ain't got nothing on that one. That's all I'm saying. so we uh i invited you guys on i don't usually like jump right into like stuff that's going on the social media as far as on the podcast and stuff but because i'm a music head anyone who listens to my podcast know i use music heavily i'm influenced by music specifically like old school r&b and soul music so this king of r&b convo coming up jack quest first of all should i feel like he should have never even utter those words but now since he has it's kind of spun off into its own thing what do you got what's the craziest thing that you've seen as far as like people's pick for the king of r&b and what do you think of what jacques jacques said uh john i'm gonna come to you first on this one well if you think about it it was really smart for him to say this because if he had not said this would we really be talking about 
And would he even be on our lips? Would he be in the conversation? No. So I applaud him for having the cojones to go out there and say that he is the king of R&B because clearly he's delusional. Clearly he, <laughs> he, he did it for a reaction and he got a reaction because now people are talking about him. Because I'll, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to keep it a stack. Prior to this, I did not know who he was. Really? He don't make music for me. Oh. I, I, I didn't know who he was. Um, I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question? I had asked, what what's the craziest like pick that you've seen with the whole social media conversation of King of R&B? Uh, craziest pick? To, to me, I felt like the craziest pick for the King of R&B was Beyonce. I was like, oh. she's not the King of R&B. She's not a man for one. Whoa. She is King B, but she's not the King of R&B. Please. They're doing too much. She's just not. She's not the king of R&B. I thought that was just crazy because she, to me, transcends. Mm. Maybe my B card is showing. My behind card is showing. She transcends just traditional R&B. But no, that, to me, I just thought that was crazy and kind of off-putting that people were really standing behind it and saying that Beyonce was the king of R&B. I was like, chill on that. Mm. Yeah, that makes well, me crazy. That that. I've, I I didn't even see that. That's if I did, that would have just made me shake my head. What about you, Jackie? Okay, for me, um, I'm, I'm gonna play both sides of the fence with uh Jacquees. Cause here's the thing: there's an old saying that ain't nothing wrong with tooting your own horn, right? Right. So you know, I'm kind of piggybacking off of you, John. Um, will we be talking about him if he didn't? Absolutely not. <laughs> if he didn't make that comment about himself, nothing wrong with giving yourself praise, patting yourself on the back. But when it comes to that criteria, stating that you're the king of R&B, that accolade, it would if if somebody else gave him that title. Who? Anybody. I'm just saying in general, okay. you don't name yourself that. You don't give yourself I'm king of R&B, I'm queen of hip-hop so I'm king of pop. People, the ma- the masses do that for you. you. You know, you see what I'm saying? The masses say, oh, Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Michael Jackson never said he was the king of pop. He never named himself the king of pop. The masses named him. You, you see what I'm saying? So shit like that, I think other people got to give you that um, what do you call it? Title. Yeah, gotta give you that. You, you know, you just can't name yourself. I'm the king. I think army. that's weird. I think it's weird to come up with your own title. Exactly. Like, and I'm, I'm gonna touch on this. Like, when you guys in this community, mm-hmm. you included, when you guys tried to give me this whole Podfather, I didn't like, do that. I know, but they, it was. I was like, could you guys stop? Like, that, <laughs> that was. I appreciate it, and I love you guys, but. Like I just I don't feel the fitting of the title, and I feel like Jacquees he needs to have you have to have humility. You can't be it's okay to toot your own horn, but you can't be out here like hot shit. Yeah, it's just not cool. And the craziest one that I've heard about King of R and B was Eddie Kane Jr. Who Eddie Kane? Oh God. (laughs) Oh okay. Okay. Sure. That was the craziest one I heard. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, it's just been a lot of that King of R&B talk going on, and I feel like if somebody else gave him the title, it wouldn't have been such a. Uh, Ain't nobody that dumb to give his ass the title. I know, but it, it wouldn't have been that much hype on social media about it. But it's just the fact that he named himself King of R&B, and he did say in his generation, but it don't matter. You don't give yourself that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he did say the king of rb of this generation which you know it makes me think like really because people start immediately go to chris brown and usher and i don't really can even consider them in jacques generation especially usher like usher's definitely not in that generation i think chris brown has reached the point now where i don't i don't even i don't even put him in the same category as like the new the new niggas so to say like that's just me maybe he's He's, uh, a generation behind usher yeah, but they didn't overlap, but he's still a generation behind. He's a generation behind, but you can still kind of classify him as a new nigga because he's transitioning. You his... can't be a new nigga if you came out in 2005. You just can't. What's the classification of a new nigga? Uh, I would say a classification of a new nigga would probably be anything at the start of the 2010 decade. Okay, so you're going off of 
dates. I'm going off of a person who was who Chris Brown came out. He he did his thing. But when when the music industry changed and 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 hip hop and R and B was colliding heavily and it had all this. Well, but but what I'm saying is Chris Brown. He he came out one way. Then he started collaborating with more rap artists and everything. Then he's going and him him himself has gone more from from singing to more talking. You, you see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm classifying like a new nigga. Like you 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 started one way, and then you see how the music industry is flowing and what's what's popping now, what's popular. Chris Brown transitioned from this to that, and he still remained relevant. That's that's my definition of him being a new nigga. I I consider a new nigga. Okay, so I'll give examples of what who I can. August Alcina is a new nigga. Miguel is a new nigga. Those are R&B artists that came out within the last, since 2010, where you've made contributions, mm-hmm. but you're not even on the throne. But you're still going off of the, their time, the time. Yeah, I'm I still, ain't going off the time. New niggas, to me, I, I think solely of time. Okay, alright. We just on two different Yeah, you, have, you haven't put in the work to, mm-hmm. you don't have the hits. You don't have the range. You don't have the sales. Like, what, what, do you, what, what are you that. contributing to the conversation? I got you. What do you think, Hayes? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I look at it as like kind of like what John does. Is it's almost like by decades, and uh, yeah, there's some overlap each each generation, but. Yeah, Chris Brown came out. God, I think I was still in high school. And like, even though him and Jaquez are only like, I think like five years apart in age, but just because of how long Chris Brown's been in the game, I just don't put him in that same generation. Yeah, but you gotta remember, Chris Brown came out when he was a baby, too. He was still a baby. Well, yeah, he, he was like came 14, out 15. when he was 16. He about 14, 15. He was 15. He came out. I mean, he had a 13 year career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that was a long time. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Shit. Excuse me, man. A lot of them had. <laughs> Trey Songz had a 13 year career. He still has a career. They both have careers. Okay, you just said like pastors, like. No, they they both have had 13 year oh, careers. Okay. Yeah. Miguel has had a what? Five? Six, yeah, five um, or six. He came out in eleven. Hold on, I think. I don't know. Because the first album, um, yeah, I want to say Miguel came out in two thousand and eleven with that first album. Though it could have been two thousand nine. Yeah, but going off of your status, I I agree. He a new nigga though. If you're gonna go off of your terminology, what you guys are thinking, then yeah, I, I get it. He a new nigga. Because of the time he came out. Regardless of age and shit, I get it. Bet. All right. Well, so to kind of get to um, our next topic in the um, R&B discussion, has R&B lost its impact? Like, I, and because of like all the people that they're naming, like I think R&B nowadays, specifically male R&B, because I think from the women, it, it hasn't really fallen off much. But there's a lot of use of auto-tune or vocal manipulation. We don't really have the sangas sangas like we used to have, so to say, in R&B. Do you think that the male R&B genre has kind of lost its impact that it had even 10 years ago? I ain't going to say R&B has lost its impact. R&B is always going to have an impact, but my qualm with it is the true R&B is lost. The, the original R&B is lost. The crooners are gone. It got to the point where you have these R&B singers. They're no, they're no longer just singing to a melody. You gotta, you're singing, but you got to bring on Busta Rhymes. You got to bring on uh, Snoop Dogg. You, you bring it on a feature rapper on these so-called... Well, R&B has always been that. It's always been a blend no. of rhythmic. And then mm-hmm. if you go back, mm-hmm. R&B artists have always... Mm-hmm. On their up-tempo tracks that most likely have gotten 16 bars from a rapper that was popping at that John, time. John, I'm 44. You have to remember the time. I grew I, up. I'm, I'm 30. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from my experience with this scene back in the day. If we go back to the early 2000s, we can point out examples of... Joe mm-hmm. had Mystical on the Stutter Remix. Mm-hmm. Genuine had Ludacris on um, an album cut from his uh, junior, mm-hmm. his yeah his junior album. There have been these instances where 
these singers have had Usher had Ludacris again on Yeah. Okay. So it's been there where an R&B artist has mm-hmm. a male R&B artist has sung and has had someone on a track. Miguel had Not J. Always. Cole on his debut track. Go back further. I said crooners. Give me a crooner. Damn it. I'm going to take out a new edition. New edition didn't have all that shit popping off like that. Because that's not where that's not go back. I don't care. Go back to go give me some temptations. Give me some four tops. Well, nobody me, was rapping when the temptations were four tops. God damn it! The hip hop, the hip the hip the hip hop, the hop it don't stop. It was it was it was coming into presence. But what I'm saying is, what happened? So every song you got, you gotta have a feature from a rapper. I'm not saying Nobody's every not, song you have to have uh, a feature, I'm but that's saying. where the culture came to. Give where me we an were album. R&B and hip hop. Give me an R&B album where you just singing and you ain't got no feature with a rapper. R&B has levels and it has texture, I, I not just, just one dimension. I know that. I'm glad. I'm not saying they never should have collaborated, but it's to the point where there's always a collaboration. Why you just can't drop your shit? Do, do like J. Cole did. J. Cole dropped the whole fucking album with no features. Give me a... R- that was one time. Listen, give me an album, a true R&B album with no rapping feature. I just want that man to sing. And if you're going to have a feature, bring another crooner on and sing it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I, and I, th- and I think where you, got, you guys are different on, I think... I think John's saying that hip hop and R and B is have almost always collabed, and I think Jackie's saying, at least from my interpretation, correct me if I'm wrong. Jackie's saying that nowadays there's an over reliance on using hip hop. Does that is that kind of what you guys are both saying? Yes, I I wouldn't say that because um, what's his name, um, the chocolate dude from uh, what is it, Luke? Well, I can't. I'm drunk. What's his? Um, you talking about a new guy? I know who you talking about. I, I keep wanting to say Derek Luke, but it's not Derek Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, he opened up for Beyonce. He, I don't believe I've ever heard a song where he's had a feature on it. He he sings, but he has not impacted the culture. Like he's not a mainstay at the top of everyone's lips in hip hop, or I'm sorry, in R and B. But do you think it's because he hasn't done that? Because he hasn't collaborated with no, a well known. There are those that do that still a August August Alcina is triple wood, and he's collaborated with a lot of hip hop artists mm-hmm. and is nowhere. Mm-hmm. Probably on the virtual drop. Yeah, but I, I honestly, I ain't even really focused on him. Uh, he, mm, he ain't that. He's R and B, but he's not. He is R and B. He's not classic R and B. Maybe we just need a whole you nother. Can't be classic R and B in in decades. That's why I was about to say. Maybe we just need a whole nother classification of R and B because I'm just talking about just true, just singers, just singing, no rapping, no no. Auto-tune or nothing. Just singing. Well, you got an auto-tune when you don't have the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh? Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> anything left in the R&B discussion? Anything left hanging that you guys want to say or anything? Nah, just Hold give, on. I just, so, want, I just want that old thing Luke back. James. I was thinking about Luke James. Luke James. Okay. Luke James gives me a throwback to vintage old school mm-hmm. R&B that okay. and he, he just has a pop for the mainstream and then my thing is Maxwell who I think is he's a crooner is a crooner mm-hmm. who has lasted the test of time for the last 20 years plus he has. I don't think he's ever you know joined a, a, a rap or, or had a rap on a collaboration with him but this so it's not as many as I would like that's you know, it's, it's like a dying. I don't think it's a dying. I feel like the marketplace for it has changed. Music mm-hmm. has trends and music has changed. If we were to look at the Hot 100 10 years ago, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, R&B songs were in the upper echelon of those charts. Some were even at the summit point. Mm-hmm. We're at a place now where R&B is not pushed because the record labels are not pushing it because... The, no one is really asking for that. Mm-hmm. The dedicated fan bases that these artists have 
have accumulated, they're asking for it, but it's not mainstream the way it was. And that's just a decline. Just the same way that having a big voice and, and these big voice singers were all the rage in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s, mm. we've moved away from that where now you don't really have to sing. All you really have to do is make a catchy song. Yeah, I agree. I and it sucks that it's like that, but that's what it is. I yeah. I agree with that completely. That's a great point. Um, and I think like singers like, for example, like Masego, I think he should be way bigger than what he is. He he's killed every live performance I've ever seen of him, and he has a great voice and a great stage presence. And he just he just picks and makes dope music for me, but. I, th- it's funny because anytime I bring him up and uh, Empress Nick, shout out to Empress Nick. Um, when she she had tweeted out like the whole King of R and B, and I mentioned him, she was like, "I've never heard of him." And it's just it just sucks when stuff like that happens because he's a really good artist. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Some people just get lost in all the lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But we're gonna um, we're gonna go ahead and move into our last topic, the Golden Globe nominations and. We have a black either actor or director nominated for Best Motion Picture, uh, which Black Panther blacks and Black Black Klansman and also Green Book got nominated for. Uh, we also have Best Supporting Actor from Green Book. Regina King got nominated uh, for Seven Seconds. And then we have Donald Glover for Atlanta for Best uh, TV Series in a Comedy. Spike Lee got nominated for Best Director. We have all types of nominations, but we're not going to talk about the nominations specifically. I'm, I want to ask about is is the is there being more support shown for black film, black TV than ever before? And do we think it's finally turning around for Hollywood? And, and while black actors have always been looked at and, and I think respected, but the awards have never really followed up with how like people want black performers but they've never really at this level i don't think been recognized universally uh what do you guys think jackie i'm gonna come to you first on this one um i my i got a question why now you know previously you know there was the boycott because there was lack of color presence right mm-hmm. in the numbers and stuff and then now here we are, 2018, and now all of a sudden we have this black presence. So what 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 was it? What is it? Is, is it because they actually say, they actually see that these actors are quality actors and they can hold their own just as well as a Caucasian actor, or are you just doing this to hush us up? Just you you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure out. Why? Why now? Because we've always had quality actors throughout the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just now lately that we've been very vocal about us not being present in these type of award ceremonies. And then now you're showing that you're showing our presence. Ain't the same people that aren't the same people who was making these nominations and, and voting the same ones that was there prior that was overlooking us. So what's the difference now? I think the boycott. I think the fact that not only was there a boycott um, by fans, artists boycotted, mm-hmm. other actors boycotted, white actors and actresses boycotted. Um, well, not really boycotted, but they supported um, people's mm-hmm. critiques. I think that made them take notice. Now, I, I agree with most of these nominations, but at the same time, I understand where you're getting at because I, I don't want our actors and actresses to be nominated just because of a boycott. Like I want the actual art to be respected, but I think this is a step in the right direction. I can't say for sure. I wasn't in the room, so I can't say that they're not disrespecting the art, but it does seem a little fishy. The fact that after a big boycott and then a big social media outpour, now we get all these nominations. Right. Right. And then my thing is you have to, well, we have to appreciate social media presence in general because when um the Atlanta and Donald Glover, I, you know, I think when Twitter Twitter has a big impact on a lot of stuff too. And people you you'd be surprised how many people was talking about Atlanta and, and Donald Glover on, on Twitter and how black Twitter will boost it. Here's the thing, and I, I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. Black Twitter is great and Twitter is great, mm-hmm. but that does not always equate to the real world. What's going on in the real world and what's popping on Twitter 
most of the time do not add up together. We just don't. We think it does, but no. If we if we go to Middle America or we go to what's going on right now, they don't always line up. Just because something's popping on Black Twitter does not mean that the real world is also recognizing that. Okay, so what if they said Black Panther was shit? What if Black Twitter said Black Panther was trash and they were seen? Every time I went to see Black Panther, I was the only black person in the theater, with the exception of the time I went with you and Andrew. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that. I, but what, I, what you just told me that Twitter don't really Twitter, matter. Twitter doesn't. They don't, saying, they don't correlate not, with real world. I'm not there. saying that it doesn't always correlate. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I think that we think because Black Twitter says something. That that necessarily reflects what's going on in the real world. No, it doesn't always do that's that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Black Twitter is making more things relevant. I ain't saying just because Black Twitter said it that it's actual factual or whatever. But what I'm saying is Black Twitter can put things more out in the forefront to the other side of the world. But that's if you want to put it like that. We they can maybe. Yeah. So I don't know, but. No, I'm, and I think I think there's there's absolutely positive things that come out of it, but I agree. I, I think there's always a it seems like a vocal group of, of people who are on Twitter or any social media, and then like that's taken as like the common idea or the common thought, and that's not always true. Sometimes it is, but I think there is there there can be some positive to come out the movements. Um, so I agree. I I kind of agree with John. I I see both your points on it, but it's um. I don't know. I, I think I think it it's giving us a voice, but not only is it giving us a voice, it's making us have an opportunity to appear unified. Like for so long, black people, black people's voice was almost easy to ignore because it was hard to get us all on the same page. It was hard to get us all to have the same type of movement. And we were divided. Um, and they, they that's they've kind of bred that into us is, is to be divided and, and dividing our, our each other and ourselves. But I think now with things like social media is that we can all get behind something and it makes, it makes it that much more um, take that much more notice from, from mainstream outlets. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you think if the, if, um, if the peers didn't back the boy, the boycott up, like the the white people, let me just put it out there: the white, the, white. the whites. If the whites didn't support this boycott, do you think this would be happening today? The recognition of these black actors in these categories. I think it would have still happened, uh, mainly because of the level of like a Jay Z and Beyonce uh, boycotting the the Golden Globes, and they're some of the biggest artists overall but i think it absolutely it wouldn't have been to this magnitude if it wasn't also mm-hmm. for the peers okay all right that's what's up hmm. I, I stopped watching the golden globes and all that stuff years ago i you know i only watch the red carpet you only watch the red carpet i don't even do the red carpet no more i'll get on instagram and see what everybody else is posting oh, <laughs> i don't support it no more i really don't i don't support it yeah Mm. Do you still watch it, Hayes? Um, I won't say that I watch it live. I always I'll catch up on it because like some of the performances and just in between stuff, I I like to fast forward through. So don't I almost don't watch any award show live, um anymore. Okay. I just don't. Um, but yeah. I mean, I I enjoy it and I enjoy film. I enjoy music, so I I like to see the celebrations of that. But some of them I just can't get with either. Like I, the MTV Awards, the uh the music video awards, I. I just watched videos of the winners. I didn't even watch the show at all. Mm, okay. Mm. I think the only one I really probably still try to watch is the BET Awards. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hip Hop Honors one. That's that's really it. That's it. Soul Train too. Soul Train. I'll give you that. Yeah. Whew, I did not watch the show. I'm not even going to act like I watched the Soul Train Awards. I just, the commercials, the ads for it, it just, it, it came off a little cringeworthy to me. So I was just like, you know what? No, I'm good. What about you, John? Do you still watch awards? Um, you like the American Music Awards. I I will watch an award show if someone I fuck with is performing. Like I want to say, I think I've aged out of certain awards. Like I've aged out of the Video Music Awards. I've aged out of a lot of shows. Like I'll watch if I know someone's. 
performing. Okay. Like, I'll watch the Grammys if I know someone is performing that I fuck with. I'll watch a music show if someone's performing I fuck with. Outside of that, I'm not really watching like anything with acting or anything, I'm not watching. The award shows that I will tune into are going to be music-based. Whether okay. it's the Grammys, AMAs, or the um, Video Music Awards. And I haven't watched Video Music Awards in its entirety and probably a smooth 10 years. Like, I think the most I watched was a couple years ago when Beyonce performed All Eliminated. Outside of that, I, I'm not checking because these artists that are on these shows, mm-hmm. they, they're not for me. They're, I'm not their target audience. I don't give a fuck about uh, Selena Gomez. That's not for me. I'm, I'm not here for that. <laughs> So crazy. Last time I watched the American Musical Awards was last year, and that was because Christina was doing a tribute to the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I watched the Grammys was when Beyonce was doing the mm-hmm. um, when she performed Love Drought and yeah. was in the chair. That's the last time. Yeah. And I didn't watch the whole show. I watched that particular part. Mm-hmm. I would go. I would just you know skim on Twitter, and Twitter would let me know what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. That's it, though. Hmm. Shout out as well. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, any anything left as far as like Black Hollywood or anything? You guys ready to tell the people? Regard in regards to Black Hollywood, I'm gonna say this. Um, Black Hollywood is not the default. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say white is not the default. Um, I need Hollywood to realize that white is not the default. And I feel like the pendulum is attempting to swing. I'll mm-hmm. be glad when it's in full motion. And that's all I got. And all I got. I always bet on black. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, John, Jackie, I appreciate y'all taking time out uh, to be on the show. Be ourselves. Like, had a lot of fun with this, man. Tell the, um, the listeners where they can find you if they don't already follow you so they can go ahead and reach out. All right, listeners. Um, again, Hayes, thank you for the invite. You guys can find Jackie and John the podcast bi-weekly on SoundCloud through the Johnny Fett podcast umbrella. You can find myself personally. I'm just Jackie. I am underscore just underscore Jackie on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can just go to my website. I'm just Jackie.com and you'll find everything. I'm just Jackie related. Um, you can find me Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at the John Effect. You can find me on the John Effect podcast every Tuesday. You can find me with this knucklehead right here on the Jackie and John <laughs> podcast. And also, you can find us. We're one half of the panel, the panel. alongside Killer K and Mr. Rain Coleman. Yeah. Um, a monthly podcast event. Um, the last Wednesday, or the I'm sorry. The third Wednesday of each month. And let me throw one more thing out there. Um, let me shout out my beautiful co-host of Let's Keep It 100, the beautiful Empress Nick. We bi-weekly, every Friday, Instagram Live. So catch us live on Instagram for some shits and giggles. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all know where to find them now. We're going to go ahead and peace out. And uh, we'll see you beautiful and lovely people after this. Bye. Bye. All right. That has been episode 80 of The Awakened Soul. Thank you guys for sticking through this one. Um, fun episode. I'm hitting you back next week with some more deep stuff. So I gave you a, br- a bit of a breather, but we're coming right back next week. Um, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the show at Awakened Soul Pod. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. Keep those iTunes reviews coming in. I think we're at 49 five-star reviews now. Um, aim is to get to 100 by the end of 2019. We can do it, right? We can we can do that. Um, but you can also uh, call us, leave a voicemail for any of our topics. We play them on the show. That is 614-547-2039. This has been another edition of The Awakened Soul, and I am out. Got me up all night. All I'm singing is love songs. She got me up this all night. This has been a presentation Constant of the Great Great Song. She got me up all night. 
Down and out with these love songs She got me up all night Drowning out with these love songs She got me up all night Yeah, all I'm singing is love songs She got me up all night Yeah, constant drinking in love songs She got me up all night Yeah, down and out with these love songs She got me open all night Uh-huh, got me open all night Okay, back when I was sleeping in my mama crib Even back when I was up there in my homie crib Paying $1,700 for the rent Money well spent, no heater But a nigga made heat, may I vent Had a thing for you, even wrote the song Dreams for you, cause I had dreams for your Thoughts of a ring for your childish shit You know childish shit, anonymous flower scent You know coward shit, now a nigga Signed a hoe, took a power trip Back home, I'm grown now, and the city's my throne now huh? The same clubs that I used to get Tossed out, life got crisscrossed Totally crossed out, cause now I'm in this bitch and I'm totally bossed out Old chicks crying cause they know that they lost out But I'm still on you, I'm still on you My drinks fell on me while I fell on you I'm saying Would you believe me if I said I'm in love Baby, I want you to want me Would you believe me if I said I'm in love Baby, I want you And we are, we are, we are Gotta be the longest crush ever If I ever get the fucking be the longest bus ever Love is a drug like the strongest stuff ever And fuck it, I'm on one You feel me? She on the top of